today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You look at the world today, and what is the world today trying to do? What is our culture trying to do? Break free from God's control. Break free from God's command. Break free from God's law, His word. Because man is rebellious in his heart. And man in his heart, not every man, but, but many, they, they say in their heart, I, I don't want him ruling over me. I don't want his rules. I don't want his morals. I don't want his standards. You either want to die to yourself and receive life, or you want to live for yourself and die to God. Which will you choose? In today's message from Pastor Dan, he challenges you to choose wisely. Don't be fooled by the ways and customs of this world. This world is not all that there is. Its current state is broken and dark. However, in Christ, there is redemption for all of creation. In Him is life, hope, and everlasting light. Pastor Dan encourages you to not live this life for yourself, your ambitions and goals. Live unto the Lord. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 16 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Matthew 24, verse 15, Jesus speaking, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Remember we talked about that, the Antichrist and the false prophet. They're going to make an image, an idol. They're going to place it in the holy of holies in the temple and demand that everyone worship this image of the Antichrist. That's the abomination that makes desolation that Daniel spoke of. Then let those who are on Judea, or in Judea, so that's the area around Jerusalem, flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house, and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. And so here Jesus says, when you see that happen, which is going to happen at the midway point through the tribulation period, when you see that happen, those of you that are living around Jerusalem, run for your lives, run to the mountains. And he's referring to the mountains down in Edom. Let him who's on the housetop, don't go back down into your house, take anything out of your house, don't try to pack a bag, just start running. Verse 19, but woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days, because that's going to slow you down. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath day. Pray that it doesn't happen in the winter because they're going to be fleeing down into the desert, into the wilderness, and the winter is the rainy season. And when it rains in Israel, the rain causes flash flooding down in the desert, and the roads get washed out, and the roads get closed off because of the flooding. And so Jesus says, pray that it's not during the rainy season. Because you may not have a way of escape. And pray that it's not on the Sabbath because everything's closed on the Sabbath. You're not going to be able to put gas in your car. Buy bottled water. Pray it doesn't happen on the Sabbath day. For then there will be great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were short, no flesh would be saved. 
But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. And so these believers, the Bible tells us they're going to flee from Judea and they're going to flee into Basra. They're going to flee into Edom. Uh, Some people believe they're going to go to the rock city of Petra, uh, which is down in uh, Jordan, modern Jordan. And so the Antichrist, he'll start out with his army in Megiddo in the north. They'll march south to Jerusalem. They'll take the city of Jerusalem. They'll, They'll... mistreat the people of Jerusalem. And then, he, you know, the Antichrist is going to know that there is a group of Jewish people, you know, that have, have sought refuge in Jordan, in Basra. And so he's going to go from Jerusalem down to Basra to attack the Jews that are there. And so the war of Armageddon will stretch from the Jezreel Valley in the northern part of Israel down past Jerusalem all the way down into Basra, or Edom. That's a distance of about 180 miles. Now, if you look in Revelation chapter 14, Revelation chapter 14, verse 20, if you remember this verse, when it was talking about the battle of Armageddon, the war of Armageddon, it says in verse 20, and the winepress was trampled outside the city, the city of Jerusalem, and the blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridle for 1,600 furlongs. 1,600 furlongs is roughly 180 miles. And so you're going to have blood from Jezreel Valley in the north all the way down to Basra in the southeast in, in Jordan. And, and it's, it's, it's while the Antichrist and his army are on the move to Basra to attack the Jewish people in Basra, it's at that point that Jesus Christ returns from heaven, Revelation 19. And he comes to rescue his people, the Jewish people. And Jesus will return first to Basra. If you turn with me to Isaiah 34. Isaiah 34. You know, again, uh, next year we have a trip planned to Israel. We also have an extension into Jordan uh, as part of that trip. Uh, in part because of these verses, because uh, this, this is where Christ will return. Isaiah 34, uh, verse 1. Come near you nations to, hate, to hear, and heed you people. Let the earth hear, and all that is in it. So he is speaking, here. God is speaking to the whole earth here. The world and all things that come forth from it. For the indignation of the Lord is against all nations and his fury against all their armies. He has utterly destroyed them. He has given them over to the slaughter. Also their slain shall be thrown out. Their stench shall rise from their corpses, and the mountains shall be melted with their blood. Remember, blood up to the horse's bridles. All the host of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heavens shall be rolled up like a scroll. All their hosts shall fall down as the leaf falls from the vine, and as... Fruit falling from a fig tree. Look at verse 5. For my sword shall be bathed in heaven. Indeed, it shall come down on Edom and on the people of my curse for judgment. The sword of the Lord is filled with blood. It is made overflowing with fatness, with the blood of lambs and goats, with the fat of the kidneys of rams. For the Lord has a sacrifice in Basra and a great slaughter in the land of Edom. 
The wild oxen shall come down with them, and the young bulls with the mighty bulls. Their land shall be soaked, the land of Edom, the land of Basra, shall be soaked with blood, and their dust saturated with fatness. For it is the day of the Lord's vengeance, the year of recompense for the cause of Zion. That's why he comes. It's for the cause of Zion. And he comes first to Basra, to Edom, to attack the Antichrist's army there and to defend his people, Israel. He comes for the cause of Zion. Uh, Look over in uh, chapter 63 of Isaiah. So Jesus will come. And he's going to come to Basra. And then from there, he's going to go up to Jerusalem. He's going to kind of just do the reverse of what the Antichrist does. And so from Basra, he goes up to Jerusalem. Isaiah 63, verse 1. Who is this who comes from Edom? Speaking of Jesus. With dyed garments from Basra. So he's coming from Edom. He's coming from Basra. His garments are dyed, it says. This one who is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I who speak in righteousness, mighty to save. That's Jesus Christ. He speaks in righteousness and Jesus is mighty to save us. Why is your apparel red and your garments like one who treads in the winepress? I have trodden the winepress alone and from the peoples no one was with me for I have trodden them in my anger and trampled them in my fury. Their blood is sprinkled upon my garments and I have stained all my robes. It says, verse four, for the day of vengeance is in my heart and the year of my redeemed has come. Verse five, I looked, but there was no one to help and I wondered that there was no one to uphold Therefore, my own arm brought salvation for me and my own fury, it sustained me. I have trodden down the people in my anger, made them drunk in my fury and brought down their strength to the earth. Remember in Revelation 19, Jesus Christ comes riding down out of heaven and he's described as wearing a robe that's been dipped in blood. You see a similar description here as he's coming up now out of Basra, out of Eden, out of Edom, and he's heading towards Jerusalem. And he goes to Jerusalem. And if you turn back, uh, turn to Joel chapter 3. Joel chapter 3. Joel chapter 3, verse 12. Let the nations be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. That's the valley of Jehoshaphat is to the east of Jerusalem. For there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. We saw similar language earlier in the book of Revelation. Come, go down, for the winepress is full, the vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon will grow dark and the stars will diminish their brightness. The Lord also will roar from Zion. That's Jerusalem. And utter his voice from Jerusalem. The heavens and earth will shake, but the Lord will be a shelter for his people. The strength of the children of Israel. So you shall know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then Jerusalem shall be holy and no alien shall ever pass through her Again, so there, the valley of decision, the valley of Jehoshaphat, he comes to judge the surrounding nations. 
We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Go back to Zechariah chapter 12. The end of verse 3, it said, All the nations of the earth will be gathered against Jerusalem. And then look at verse 4. In that day, says the Lord, I will strike every horse with confusion and its rider with madness. I will open my eyes on the house of Judah, and I will strike every horse of the peoples with blindness. And the governors of Judah shall say in their heart, The the inhabitants of Jerusalem are my strength in the Lord of hosts, their God. In that day, I will make the governor of Judah like a fire pan in the woodpile and like a fiery torch in the sheaves. They shall devour all the surrounding peoples on the right hand, And on the left, but Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place. Jerusalem, the Lord will save the tents of Judah first so that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall not become greater than that of Judah. And that day, the Lord will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. The one who is feeble among them in that day shall be like David, and the house of David shall be like God, like the angel of the Lord before them. It shall be in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. The Lord's speaking here. Go back to chapter 14 of Zechariah. Here again, he talks about gathering all the nations to battle against Jerusalem in verse 2. And they'll take the city and they'll conquer it. But then in verse 3, verse 3 begins with the word, then, after Jerusalem has been attacked by all the nations and conquered, then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations. And he fights in the day of battle. And in that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move toward the north and half of it shall move toward the south. Remember when Jesus ascended to heaven in the book of Acts chapter 1 and the disciples were standing there on the Mount of Olives looking up as he ascends up to heaven and then the two angels appear to the disciples and they say, what are you standing here staring up in, in the sky for? That's my paraphrase. And they, and they said to him, this same Jesus will return Just as he left, he's going to return back to the Mount of Olives. When is he going to return back to the Mount of Olives? At the Battle of Armageddon. He's going to come back to Jerusalem to fight for that city and defend his people. And his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. And when his feet stand on the Mount of Olives, which is just to the east of Jerusalem, that mountain is going to split Half of it's going to go to the north. Half of it's going to go to the south. And it's going to create a valley. What valley? The valley of Jehoshaphat. The valley of decision. And it's going to split towards the temple. 
Now, right now, uh, and, and the Bible tells us he's going to enter into Jerusalem through the eastern gate. And right now, uh, the Muslims have put a cemetery in front of the eastern gate, and they've bricked the eastern gate shut. Because they know any good Jew is not going to defile himself by walking through a cemetery where there's corpses. And they just suppose that the Messiah will not be able to do anything about the bricks in the gate. But it's going to split. And there's going to be a valley created towards the Temple Mount, towards the Eastern Gate. And it's interesting, several years back, and I think it was an American student who was there by the Eastern Gate and stepped on a stone and the stone collapsed underneath his foot. And they discovered that the original gate that was there in the days of Jesus is about 40 feet below the current Eastern Gate that's there, buried under the earth. And so who knows, just speculation, but possibly... When the Mount of Olives splits and half of it goes to the north and half of it goes to the south and there's this valley created heading towards the eastern gate, maybe it's going to expose the original gate that goes into the city of Jerusalem. But here we see that Jesus is going to come back and he's going to stand upon the Mount of Olives there in Jerusalem. And he's, he's going to destroy the Antichrist and he's going to establish his kingdom on the earth. And we might think that you know, here all the armies of the world are gathered together to make war. And here Jesus Christ comes and we might expect the battle between the Antichrist and Jesus Christ to be this, you know, long, drawn out, protracted, epic war that takes place. But the Bible tells us, uh, you know, it's, it's the most anticlimactic war of all time. There's no battle that takes place. We're going to talk more about it when we get to Revelation 19, but it, there's... there's there's nothing to it really at, at all. Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2 tells us that Jesus will consume the Antichrist with the breath of his mouth and destroy him just with the brightness of his coming. He's not going to do anything. There's not going to be any war at all. Just from Jesus coming down out of heaven and all of his power and all of his glory. Jesus said that when he comes, it, it's going to be like lightning in the sky. Every eye will see him. And just with the brightness of his coming to the earth, it's going to wipe out the Antichrist and wipe out his army. There's going to be no battle at all that takes place. He's going to be no match for Jesus Christ. Nobody's any match for Jesus Christ, right? No one's a match for Jesus Christ and the power of God. Now, man is going to think that he is, just as some people think that they are today. And people think that they're smarter than God, or they have their act together and they don't need God. That's foolishness. We were created by him to have a relationship with him. The Bible says you were created for his pleasure. And we need him. And we're not, we're not smarter than him. We're not more powerful than him. But people are foolish enough to think that they are. I want to look at just a couple more verses and then we'll finish up. Go back to Joel chapter 3. Joel chapter 3. And, and here, here God, um, God kind of mockingly encourages the nations of the world to go to war with them, right? So the Bible says that God is, is slow to anger, right? And that, uh, and that he's, he's uh, long-suffering with us. He's very, very patient with us. But when we get to the tribulation period, his patience has run out with mankind. And there's actually, as we're going to see in, in Joel, there's actually a point now where he, he knows that man 
uh, is not going to turn from his rebellion and that man wants to go to war against God and kind of settle this once, for, once and for all. And there comes a point, as we'll see, where God says, all right, why don't you put your army together? You know, it's kind of like God says, okay, you want to do this? Let's step outside and do it. You want to settle it? Let's settle it. Again, he's loving and gracious and patient. But at this point, his patience has run out. And he just wants to deal with it. Psalm 2, verse 1. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The the plans and the schemes, the plotting of man, it's vain. The plotting against God during the tribulation period, it's it's worthless, it's fruitless. Look at verse 2. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, that's all capital letters, Lord, it's Yahweh, and against his anointed, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Here it's talking about the tribulation period when the nations of the world are going to come together and they're going to come up with this plan. And their plan is to go to war against God and against his anointed, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And why are they going to war? They're they're, they're seeking to break the cords of God's control over the world. Do you see that there? Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. They don't want God ruling over them. They want to rule over themselves. And so they think, you know, we, we can just go to war. We can settle this once and for all. And we can be free from God. And his, his laws. And you look at the world today, and what is the world today trying to do? What is our culture trying to do? Break free from God's control. Break free from God's commands. Break free from God's law, His word. Because man is rebellious in his heart. And man in his heart, not every man, but, but many, they, they say in their heart, I, I don't want him ruling over me. I don't want his rules I don't want his morals. I don't want his standards. I want to make my own rules. I want to be my own God. I want to set my own standards. I don't want to have to answer to him. I don't want to be my own person. And so it comes to a point now during the tribulation where all the nations of the world, they come up with this big plan to break free from the bonds of God and to cast his cords off so they can be free and they can be, you know, their own masters and their own gods. Now look at God's response to this in verse four. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. (laughs) The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then after he laughs at them, then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. God just laughs at the plans of man and the schemes of man. It's a joke to him that man would ever try this. And then God in his wrath is going to respond in Armageddon. He asked me how I know and I say bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you'd like to hear this message in the book of Revelation again, feel free to find it at calvaryec.com. Simply look under the media tab. 
There are a variety of messages from this series and other series as well. As you browse our website, you'll get a better understanding of the church that supports this radio ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. In fact, if you're in the area and would like to hear more of Pastor Dan's teachings in person, come join us this weekend. Our website has all the information you need as far as directions to our location and service times. We'd be so happy to connect with you and hear what you've learned from listening to Ring of Truth. If you'd rather get some information over the phone, we can do that too. Our number is 410-491-4592. That number once again is 410-491-4592. Please let us know how we can be praying for you as you listen to these messages from the book of Revelation. Pastor Dan will continue teaching through the book of Revelation next time, so don't miss a single edition as he explores this fascinating final book of the Bible. We're so glad you took the time to tune in to today's message, and we hope you'll continue to be a part of our listening audience. We'll catch you next time right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize 